yes please, that would be nice. We don't, we don't actually applaud people here, we applaud Jesus, but it is really nice to be back doing this and uh, for many of us being back in the room or on screen. If, we ha if I haven't seen you for ages, hello, and I still love you. Um, but if I have seen you all the time, I'm still learning to love you. So we're all just getting on with that, aren't we, in this strange season. Do you have something that you love so much that you just can't stop thinking about it? or talking about it, it just consumes your every moment. Do you? People are wondering what the right answer is. For me, it's food. And I'm not even joking, I think about it all of the time. Oh, that was a lovely breakfast, I wonder what I'll have for lunch. I'm sitting at work chatting to people, what are you going to have for your tea? What did you have last night? Have you got any leftovers? Did you bring them in, can I have some? <laughs> all the time, constantly, absolutely obsessed with food. One time a few years ago, I was with my mother in the car and we were driving along and after I had been talking non-stop for 20 minutes about chicken marinades, she said, Katie, I don't think I know anybody who thinks about food as much as you do. I just love it so much. Have I ever told you the story of the fish pie? Okay, well, once upon a time, I was in a cafe in Sheffield and I just had the most extraordinary fish pie. It was the most delicious food I've ever had in my whole life. I actually started to cry. <laughs> I was on a date. That was an interesting dynamic to the whole thing. But it was just the most tremendous fish pie. It completely overwhelmed me. Absolutely besotted with this fish pie. We're now looking on the screen at a picture of a fish pie, which is not the actual fish pie because it's such a long time ago. It's before we'd all had the idea to take photos of our food when we were out, and I didn't take a photo of it. Probably it was way back, I am quite old, before we had cameras with us all the time on our phones. So let's just pretend that's the fish pie and give it a moment, shall we? We're um, thinking over this few weeks, this is the latest episode in our ongoing saga of um, what, is, what is heaven like? What is the kingdom of heaven into which God invites us? What's the story? What's the journey? What's the uh, gift, the promise that God has for us? What are we called into? What are the promises of God for the future, for the life eternal, the glimpses of glory that we can see today here in the now? We've been talking a lot, we always talk a lot here, about what it's like to live in the tension between now, the world that we can see and touch and feel, and here, and the not yet, believing and longing for that which is to come, and the promises of God, and the place, and the journey, and the purpose to which God is taking us. The kingdom of heaven is how Jesus describes that often when he's telling the stories that he tells in the Gospels. We call them parables. He will often tell a story about it's a bit like blah, 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 blah. Just like you might say, you know, if you're trying to explain the offside rule to somebody, you'd be here a long time with me, but I nearly got it when I watched Bend It Like Beckham and there was a salt in a pepper pot, and that's all I remember. But that's the sort of thing, that's like a parable, an object lesson. It's a bit like this. And Jesus uh, tells a, a bunch stories, a bunch of parables about the kingdom of heaven. And today we're looking at the parable of the treasure and the pearl. Treasure and pearls are, of course, very precious. So this is an opportunity for us to think about what we find precious and the place those things hold in our lives. It's been, of course, for everybody, a very tumultuous season over the last year and a half. 
I would say if there's one thing that I've really noticed people talking about in that time and people wanting to share and wanting to think about, it's the things that they have discovered that are precious to them. They perhaps enjoyed them and tried not to take them for granted before lockdown, but during lockdown and all of the, all of the events of the last year and a half, they have really realized these things, these people, these times, these places are so precious because of the constraints with which we've lived. So for people who have spent hours and days and weeks and months on end completely surrounded by other people in the same room all the time, time alone might have become precious. For those of us who live alone, and particularly in the first lockdown, we're not allowed to see anybody, except for if it was for work purposes or certain things, seeing anyone at all became precious. Being busy, the thought of being busy and having things to do became very precious to people who lost their jobs. Having some time to rest became very precious to people who were out, out, out all the time, driving, delivering, nursing, caring, serving, all those sorts of things. We've started to think differently about what is precious to us. Let's have a look in the scripture about two people who found things which were very precious to them. We're in the book of Matthew today. If you have your Bible with you, you're welcome to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. The words will come up on the screen as well. We're in Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then, in his joy, went all he had and bought that field. Again, the king is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The first man we read of here really, really loved that treasure. The second man, the merchant, loved the pearls. They were so precious. They delighted so much in what they had found that they made huge decisions and completely rearranged their priorities. Have you noticed some of your priorities shifting in the last year when you realize what is precious? That you make time for things, you prioritize things, you book stuff in that maybe you wouldn't have been so keen to do before, but you're really on it now because you know you've missed this and you want it back again. You've missed this person, you've missed this activity, you've missed this place, you've missed this job, whatever it might be. It's a bit like that with these guys who find something super, super precious that means it turns their world upside down. This was worth it to them to rearrange everything in their lives to put these things first. The kingdom of heaven, the life into which God calls us, is precious. When we fall in love with God and all he has for us, it changes everything. In his joy, did you notice that? in the verse that we read, the first man who found the treasure, in his joy, changed his whole life around because this became his most important passion, his reason for being. In his joy, he stopped doing some things so that he could do other things. Have you ever done that? You stop doing one thing so that you can do something else. Sometimes it looks or even feels like giving things up or making difficult sacrifices, but I read this story as being instead about choosing between things. 
Choosing between something now and not yet. Something today or later. Perhaps you've done this. Perhaps you've stopped smoking because you want to see your grandchildren grow up. Or you've saved money and, and spent differently now because there's something that you want to achieve later, now, not yet. Sometimes when we catch a glimpse of how precious God is, we start different choices. We realize that there's a choice to be made between the way we've been living and the way God has in store for us to live. Actually, we don't always have to choose between now and not yet. The precious treasure of the kingdom of heaven is ours now, as well as not yet. So when we talk about heaven here, we're not just talking about waiting for something that's way off in the future that we have no vision of and can't really understand because it happens after this life. That is there, yes. That is there waiting for us and I'm excited about it. I delight in the thought the end of my physical life is not the end of the story. It's not the end of my relationship with God. It's not the end of what God is doing in the world and I am still part of his plan and his purpose and his family. That is wonderful and it is also true that the kingdom of heaven is here now and we are already walking in it. Does anybody agree with me? The Bible says, now we know in part, then we shall know fully, even as we have been fully known. God knows and loves us so much that he knows exactly what he has in store for us, whether that's in 50, 60, 100 years time after this life has passed or whether it's tomorrow. God knows what he has in store for us. In his joy, this man responded to the treasure. In his joy, and what joy do we have? God's love endures forever. His faithfulness reaches to the clouds. His mercies are new every morning. His compassions never fail. His peace passes all understanding. His glory covers the earth. His grace is sufficient for all of our needs and his promises are yes and amen. In his joy. It's not a coincidence, is it, that we begin our services in worship, taking some time to remind ourselves and to declare together the truth of who God is, the wonders of his love. Before everything else, we revel in his presence and remind ourselves of how precious God is. Just like when Jesus teaches us to pray, and he says in the Bible, here's a prayer, here's how to pray, and he gives us what we now call the Lord's Prayer. It begins, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Before we start asking for things, which is okay to do, let's ask for things. Before we start telling God how we feel, that is exactly what God wants us to do. Please tell God how you feel. But before all of that, we declare him Lord over everything. How holy he is, how precious in his joy. There's a quote from St. Augustine that I'm going to show you now, which says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. When we find God, we find our reason for living. We find a today, a now, which is rich and full and abundant. We wait for a not yet, which is far beyond 
anything we can imagine. And what St. Augustine is calling rest here, we might also call wholeness, fulfillment, completion, rest. At last we found it. That's how the man and the merchant in the parable found, at last I found it. I found the thing I've been looking for. I found the thing that is so precious that it is worth everything to me. It comes before everything else. It informs everything else. All the things I do, all the choices I make, every step I take is within the context and the beauty of this precious thing that I have found. At last, we have found rest in him. Let's sit here in his presence and delight in God. The kingdom of heaven is precious.